All right, so we are beginning a new worship se- uh, sermon series today called Wired for Worship. Now, I have been a worship pastor, and I've led worship probably for about 20 years. If you, have, if you, if you can count the time in college where I spent at LSU and we started, the, we started the first ever worship band at the Baptist Student Union there at LSU and uh, was involved in that and, and led worship there and all uh, the, the last several uh, years. Uh, so about 20 years I've been leading worship. And during that time, I've never had the opportunity as a pastor to talk about worship in a series. And so this series called Wired for Worship is a series that I think you're really, really going to be able to get a lot out of. Big reason that I'm excited about it because I'm passionate about worship. I'm passionate about, uh, about the, the act of worship that we can do with our lives and also what we do here uh, in our church. But one thing you're going to understand over the next four weeks about Wired for Worship is that, number one, obviously we are made for worship. We are created to worship. And there's some really, really cool things that I'm going to share with you over the next uh, few weeks regarding that. But know this, that worship is not just about what we do here on Sunday morning. It's not just about the music. And you will find that uh, very interesting. And so as we get on into this, um, into this series, um, we will understand that worship um, it has other elements that you and I uh, could sort of um, implement into our lives. And the more that we understand worship outside of Sunday morning, okay, the more we understand about worship outside of what we do here, the more that this becomes more alive and has more energy and has more focus and has more purpose. And so um, that's the biggest goal for um, for this, uh, this series is to understand what worship is so when we all come together, um, it, it's not something that we're having to try to figure out, but it's something that we do, and this is just a byproduct of what we do throughout the week. But, you know, it's really interesting about, uh, about worship. There's different, all different kinds of worship. You know, I've, I've, over the last 20 years as I've led worship, I've led worship, you know, with the coat and tie, with the hymnal, you know, showing the numbers of what, you know, verses we're doing, all right, in, in, the, in the hymn. And, um, and I would also be in churches where they would, you know, we have a, a hymn singing where people would just call out a hymn, and, and whether I knew it or not, we'd have to go to that number, you know, and we'd sing it. And I'd also obviously been a part of uh, different styles of worship, ranging, ranging from what we do here at Lake Point to more of a traditional style. But one thing I have noticed is that there's a lot of different ways in which people worship. You know, as I've worshipped over the years, I get the opportunity to see so many people worship, all right? And so, um, and you could tell a lot about a person just by, by the way they worship. And so uh, there's, a, uh, there's different ways of worship, but you know, there's, there's somebody that I'm going to uh, share with you uh, on video that really can explain it all. And uh, so watch this video about the different types of worship styles. I know that each church has its own worship style, you know, which is cool. Some people are more expressive in worship, some people more subtle, and it's all good. 
Um, I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's, um, it's a hand-raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what, you know. Anybody here go to a hand-raising church? Anybody here? Sweet. Who here does not go to a hand-raising church? <laughs> Some of you are trying. You're like, I can't. I want to. I need to get some momentum. <laughs> totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to a hand-raising church, you want to go and join us, feel free to join us, but don't feel like you've got to join right in, okay? Start slow. We've got a lot of different hand-raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand-raises. So I'm going to walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're my church, music is rocking. Start slow. Hands in the pockets, little elbow flap. You're fine. Very subtle. Get warmed up. Get your heart rate up. When you're warmed up, start with the first one. Ready? Carry the TV. Carry the TV. That's our first one. Very subtle. Go to big screen. Big screen, a little wider. Next one's my fish was this big. My fish was this big. If you're a liar, you can go out there. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Jesus loves you. Grace. Next one's hold my baby. Hold my baby. Got dueling light bulbs. That's our next one, dueling light bulbs. Got goalpost. Everybody knows goalpost. Throwing a heartburn. A lot of people like to do heartburn. Double heartburn, right back to goalpost. What's my favorite? Mufasa. Mufasa, that's my favorite. The circle of life. Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. You can take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff. Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. Release the doves, give the Lord a high five. Press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window. Wash the window. And when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. There you go, there's your big three. You're set. You're a pro. All right, so Village People, Rocky, and Touchdown, yeah. So I know we're kind of uh, laughing a little bit about that, but obviously there's different kinds of worship styles and the way that people worship, but really what it all boils down to is really in what is in your heart. What is in your heart? Because what's in your heart is what's going to come out. And it may come out in, in a form of a hand raising or that sort of stuff, or it may not. It may come, it'll probably come out on the countenance of your face and the countenance of your spirit and what you're, what you're doing. And whether you, you can sing or not, whether you don't have good voices or not, and there's a lot of you who have good voices, and there's some of you who don't really sing that, all, that, that hot, and that's okay. But I, we want you to go ahead and sing and to be a part um, of that worship. So there's different styles um, of worship. And so as we get into this worship series, this first week, we're all gonna, we're gonna talk about, we're gonna focus on the approach of worship. We're going to talk about the approach of worship. How do we approach worship in our lives? And so uh, we find in Revelation chapter, uh, chapter 3, uh, verse 20, that Jesus wants us to focus in on, uh, on uh, worship so that we can have uh, communion with him. And as we share this in Revelation chapter 3, Verse 20, um, it says, 
this. And this is Jesus talking. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in him and eat with that person and they with me. So behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now, a lot of times we use this verse in evangelism where, you know, Jesus is knocking on the door of our hearts and, and it's our job really to just kind of open the door and let him come into our life and be Lord of our life. But did you notice he, he says, if anyone hears my voice and opens, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. And so it's about fellowship. He wants to have fellowship with us. This right here is, is uh, an indication um, of worship. And so um, whenever Jesus wants to dine with us, that really opens up a different um, perspective of worship because he, he is about um, wanting to have that relationship with us so where we can have dinner with him, so to speak. And um, many times, um, when, whenever we uh, try to go out to eat or, or if you are try, ever try to find a restaurant, have you ever been frustrated by the fact that you can't decide where to go? You just can't decide where to go. Okay, where do we go? Where do we go? And it's almost like it's about, it becomes about where you're going to go than who you're dining with. It becomes more about where you want to go rather than who you are dining with. And so if, you are, if you're here for the Word of God, like what we're doing right now, yeah, the Word of God is great, and you're, you're receiving that. You're, you're here for, for the Word, and you're here for the fellowship and those kinds of things. But no, understand this. We've got to put everything else aside all of, the, all of the things we've got to do, especially as a church that sets up and breaks down and, and we don't really have a place where we can meet at, you know, um, and keep our stuff up, know this, we've got to put all those distractions aside and understand that it's not, about, it's not about what we're doing, but it's who we're here for. And it's to have that, that fellowship with Jesus who is here every single Sunday. You know, there are people who can't agree on where to eat, so they make the where we're eating more about who they're eating with. And so many times people approach church like that as well. Get, they get so caught up in, well, I, I, like the, I like the music, I don't like the music. I like the preacher, I don't like the preacher. I like the kids, I don't like the kids. And so they get so caught up in all of the, the other elements of, of that worship when when in reality, they miss the point altogether. It's about who you're here with, and it's Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is in this place. God's presence is right here in this place. And so when we approach worship, don't make it about all these other things. Don't make it about the, the music or the, or, the, or, the, or the lights or what we're setting up or having a breakdown or that sort of deal. Make sure it's about who you're worshiping and why you're here. You know, there's many people that, that get out of going to church because they can't agree on where to worship. They can't agree on where to worship. That's like they can't agree on a place to eat, on where to dine, and they're missing the whole point. It's not where to dine, but it's who you're dining with. And so I want to encourage you. Don't let those other things get in the way 
make your approach of worship something that is about a person, and that is Jesus Christ. So our approach of worship is going to be very simple three words. It's simply look, listen, and learn. Look, listen, and and learn. And we're going to use a story in God's Word found in Exodus chapter 3. So if you have a copy of God's Word, you can turn to that. We'll have it on the screen. We also have it on the YouVersion Bible app, uh, Bible.com, and uh, just search under events, and you can uh, submit prayer requests and those kinds of things on that. But in Exodus chapter 3, we see a story of Moses. Now, Moses was just an average guy. Many of y'all know about Moses. He's just an average guy that God called him uh, to lead his people uh, out of bondage, out of captivity from Egypt. And so Moses is, uh, he's ran away from God at this point. He spent 40 years uh, in sort of the desert. He's settled down, got a family, and he's just doing his everyday deal and uh, watching the herd And uh, he has an encounter with God that we're going to read about in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 uh, through 5. And many of y'all have heard this this passage, uh, but there's a couple of things in here I want to bring out that you may not have ever thought about. Verse 1, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. Verse 4, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Holy ground. There's a couple of old choruses back in the day called Holy Ground. We're standing on holy ground. So the first part of approaching worship, how do we approach worship? Now understand this. When I say approaching worship, I'm not talking about just what we do here in in our services. I'm talking about what you and I do in our individual time of worship. And so what we need to do is first we need to look. Well, if you notice, that's exactly what Moses did. Now, this, these, few, these few verses talk about a, an incredible time of, of worship. Like, take your sandals off. This is holy ground. I'm here in fact, when, when the Bible talks about the angel of the Lord, uh, many, many passages, um, it, it actually um, capitalizes the word angel. In fact, a lot of theologians believe that the angel was, uh, was Christ himself who came down um, in many passages in Scripture. Christ has made an appearance uh, on this earth, and so many people feel like it was the angel of the Lord. And so it was holy ground, a very incredible moment of worship. And so, what is his response? What should be our response? We are to look. We are to look, not glance. If we we see there in verse 3. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. For us to approach worship, we've got to keep our eyes open. 
for what God wants to do in our lives. We've got to keep watch and keep looking. And if something is happening in your life, sort of a burning bush moment, then we need to, we need to go and we need to look. Now, you're probably not going to have a burning bush moment, a literal burning bush moment, but there are times in your life when things happen that are a little different, that are sort of out of the ordinary, that gives you an opportunity to worship. And those things are not necessarily all good things. Even negative things could be a time where you say, you know, this is happening in my life. I don't know why this thing is happening, good or bad. But I know this, it's getting my attention, so I'm going to look at it, and I'm going to understand why this is happening. Be curious to know why it's happening. Don't just glance at it. Look into it. Look into it. And, and, uh, and also, we, how, we, how we approach it here in our church service, when, whenever you come to church, you need to be watchful. You need to be looking. You need to be anticipating what God is going to say to you in the time of singing, the time of prayer, offering, even during the time of the message. This is all part of worship. And so you're, you want to be able to look. You want to be able to go to it. You want to be able to see it. So my encouragement to you, be excited about coming on time to church. Be here, ready to go. And I know uh, we've got visitors and guests and trying to figure out, like, uh, where's child care, where do I take my kids, and that sort of deal. And, and so if you're, new, if, you've, if you're new here to Lake Point Church and you haven't been here uh, just for a few weeks, um, you know, you've got an excuse. But we've got people who've been here for months. I encourage you, just be ready to go, almost like going to a football game. You don't want to miss kickoff. Right, guys? So you don't want to miss kickoff. And so when, there we go. And so when you are uh, ready for a game, you want to go early and you want to be ready anticipating what's going to happen. So don't miss the kickoff of worship. Be excited. Be ready. Be anticipating. Be watchful, looking what God wants to do. Also, don't let your ADD catch in. I know many of y'all have attention deficit worship disorder. <laughs> it's easy. I've got ADD big time. All right? It, it, trust me. Nobody in this room knows more about being distracted during worship than I do. As I'm trying to figure out, you know, all the moving pieces and moving parts and uh, picking up the, the drop things that may have happened or, and, and trying to also get my head around a sermon and, and that sort of deal, I can be easily distracted. But this morning, I made a conscious effort. Okay, I'm not going to be distracted. What happens, happens. Forget about it because I'm here to worship. And our incredible worship band led us in great worship. And so I made that choice to worship. I opened my eyes I was watchful. So don't let your, don't be distracted by things in your life and don't let your ADD worship, your ADDW uh, step in. So look into those things um, and look intently into worship. Be ready and watchful. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it says this, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate 
the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Another word for contemplate is reflect. And we all, with unveiled faces, reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with everlasting, ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so, it's almost like when you and I look into a mirror, we, have, we look into a mirror with great purpose in our life, okay? We look into a mirror like, okay, there's something there that I need to fix. Now, some, you know, some people try to have to say they're a little bit longer than the others, all right? And, and some people just don't even care. But if you uh, are wanting to try to, uh, you know, fix whatever, you know, your hair is doing in the morning or whatever's on your face, whatever, you want to spend time adjusting your image, right? That's what a mirror is for. Well, what this verse is talking about, we, when we come before and worship, we are a reflection. We see that in ourselves in worship. And so what, what it's saying is this. Allow God, allow Jesus, allow the Spirit to change you from the inside. That's why you come to worship. You come to worship. And sometimes when you go to worship, you like what you see. Sometimes, like when you look into a mirror, hey, I like that, right? And so you, you like what you see. Lord, there, I, I love our relationship. I love that, that you have giving me grace, you've given me mercy. I love spending time with you. And sometimes you, you go to worship and you're like, oh, that don't look too good. But that's okay. Because part of worship is confessing, is confessing to the Lord and say, Lord, I confess my sin to you. Please forgive me and wash me clean and help me to walk in your grace and not be troubled by my past as I turn, as I repent my life and walk towards you. That is how the Holy Spirit takes your reflection and changes it to the likeness of who he is. So look intently. When you look intently, God will fix some things in your life and God will confirm some things in your life. So approach worship, we do it by looking. So we look and then we also listen. We listen. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 4, in the, next, in the next verse, it says, When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Now, I, I want to make sure you don't miss something. And I've, missed, I've read this hundreds of times. Listen, I don't want you to miss this. When God, when the Lord saw that he, Moses, had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. Moses, Moses. The bush, the voice from inside the bush, did not speak until Moses looked. So if you want God to speak in your life, you've got to look his direction. You've got to look his direction. Because if you let your ADD life step in and, and block the view of where you're supposed to look, 
I'm not saying God can't speak because he can, he will, he, would, he could do anything he can. But know this, that it's going to be more difficult for you to listen if you're not looking. It's going to be more difficult for you to listen if you're not looking. I remember whenever I was a, I was a teacher, I, was, I, I taught school for about 12 years. And many times, and I taught middle school, so talking about a whole class full of ADD. It's, oh, man, it's crazy. But many times I would say this, okay, I need you to listen. And, and when I would say that, you know, looking around, then I would say, I need you to listen with your eyes. Be like, listen with your eyes, what does that mean? Listen with your eyes, meaning I need you to look at me so that I know that I can talk to you. We do it with our kids, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, we got kids on meds in our house. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And, and we're like, dude, just look at me. Look at me. Okay. I need eye contact, and I'm going to give you some instruction. Repeat it back to me. Sometimes, don't you feel like God wants to do that? Sometimes in my life, God's like, Frank, 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 Frank. Frank, look at me. Look at me. Okay, now this is what I'm going to share with you. So what God wants to share in your life, he wants to share it. God wants to speak to you, but first, we need to look to him. We need to look to him. And he wants to speak. He wants to speak, and, and his, his voice his voice is like spiritual Wi-Fi, okay? You got to get plugged in. We're wired for worship. Part of worship is, is to be able to approach worship, and part of being able to approach worship is to look and to listen. You got to get logged in to God's router. You got to get plugged in and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. You got to look. Now, what are some... What are some uh, um, Results that can happen when we are in his presence? What are some results that can happen when we're in his presence? And when I say this, we, we need to, again, when we're in his presence, we look, we look at him, we, we focus on him, full focus, and then we listen. And so the results of that are found in a few passages in Scripture. There's a, a, just a few verses in, in, in Psalm. I'm going to just read real quick. Psalm 100, verse 2 says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him, his presence, with singing. Come before his presence with singing. So when you come before his presence, presence it's okay to sing. All right? Guys, it's okay to sing. We want you to sing. And if you ever want your kids to be able to have a, a great, strong worship, healthy worship relationship with, with God the Father, they need to see you sing. Guys, they need to see you sing. Well, Frank, I, don't, I sing awful. Your kids don't care about that. They may make fun of you, but they love that you sing. So sing. In uh, Psalm chapter 9, verse 3. When my enemies turn back, they shall fall and perish. At your presence. They shall fall and, and fail at your presence. Who? The enemies. If you have trouble in your life, you have people, uh, enemies in your, at your back, at your door. You have situations where people are, are, are against you. Get into the presence of God. Look and listen. 
have that time where you can go before the Father. Okay? Enemies will turn back. Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Some of you who are living life, okay, like you're, like you're sucking on a lemon, okay, and it's like, oh, this is awful. I just, and you just have a sour attitude and you just don't have really great joy in your life. Get in the presence of God. Look, sit at the feet of Jesus, look, focus, and then listen for God to speak to you. He'll speak to your heart. He'll speak to your heart's ear, and you will understand, I believe by faith that God's telling me to do this, and he will speak to you. He wants to speak with you. In uh, Psalm 68, verse 8, the earth shook, the heavens also dropped rain at the presence of God. Sinai itself, which is a mountain, was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. What this is saying is in the presence of God, there's, there's blessings like rain. Rain falls down. We all like a good rain. Rain comes down, the blessings of God. And then also, there's power that can shake mountains in the presence of God. People can tell when you've been in the presence of God. When Moses had been, when Moses was up on the mountain of God, and for 40 days and he came down, he, his face was glowing so much he had to put a veil over his head. Why? Because he had been with God, the presence of God. And so to approach God, to approach worship, we need to look, we need to focus. We need to listen, and we, it's going to be hard to hear the voice of God if we're not looking, just like Moses saw the bush. And then the last one, we need to learn. We need to learn. And we find this in verse 5. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Now, this is, a per, this is the first mention of God's presence, holy ground. After the, this is after the fall of Adam and Eve. So about, I don't know, 2,500 years later, after Adam and Eve, we have Exodus chapter 3. We have the burning bush. So this is the first mention of the presence of God and holiness on the earth coming down, and it's so strong that you have got to take your sandals off and you bow down. And Moses learned something about God that day. He learned that he is a holy God. You know, when he grew up as an as an Israelite in Pharaoh's house. And even though he was taught the, um, uh, the, the traditions of the Israelites, uh, how Abraham came to faith in God and how that was passed down to, to Isaac and, 
and, and on down the line. And, and, and he was there in Egypt, and he was taught about that rich faith, that rich heritage, how God is with us. But he never experienced it until the burning bush. And he learned something, that God is holy. And so he would take that lesson, and he will use that throughout the journey of taking the Israelites from Egypt across the Red Sea all the way to the Promised Land. And so he will learn that I need to go to the Holy of Holies. I need to go to the Holy God. And so what you and I will understand is this. There's things for us to learn as well whenever we approach worship. There are things that you can learn when you approach worship. You know, I've got many, many pages of either prayer journals or scripture journals where I, I write down when I feel like God has spoken to me about something. And I write those things down and I learn something about God. And But before I do that, I go before him and I focus and I look and I watch, I wait and I listen as he speaks. I write it down. And then guess what? The reason I write it down, it's like an instruction book. I go back to those things and I read them again and again. Periodically, I'll get at my journals and I'll I'll just flip through. And everywhere it says God spoke, I'll put like a big star and that kind of stuff. And, and so I can tell when God speaks. And so there, there's truth that God wants to speak into my life again and again and again. And so I'm learning time and time again what God wants to share with me. That's what he wants to do with you as well. And so when we approach worship, looking and then listening and then learning, we can learn from That time with the Lord. We can learn that time with the Lord. You know, David, who was a man after God's own heart, he learned something about the Lord as well. In Psalm chapter 73, we're going to read just a few verses here. Psalm chapter 73, verses 1 through 17. Now, I'm going to... Read the first few verses, and you're going to understand maybe kind of where David is in, this, in, in his life. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I'd nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He's like, all these wicked people, they're doing great. Don't you ever feel like that? There's, there's people who have things that don't deserve to have things. Like if I were God, I'd be like, forget you, all right? And good thing we're not God. But don't you ever feel like that? They, they, have, they have all this stuff, or they're doing, doing so well, but they're, but they're evil people. They make bad choices. They have no struggles. The bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from common human burdens. They're not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limits. 
They scoff and speak with malice. With arrogance, they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn on them and drink up waters in abundance. They, they say, how would God know? Does the Most High know anything? This is what the wicked are like, always free of care. They go on amassing wealth. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been afflicted, and every morning brings new punishment. He's saying, look, I've been, I, I've tried to live a life of righteousness and yet, I've been persecuted. If I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. So if I would act like that, I would have betrayed who you are, God, and, and, and what you're trying to do in this world. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. Till, verse 17, till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. We go back to 16 again. When I tried to understand all of this, it troubled me deeply. You ever been in the place in your life when you're trying to understand what's going on? You're trying to understand why maybe good, good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people and why you're persecuted and why things, you know, why things are going against you. Maybe you lost your job or, or things aren't working right in, in your life. Maybe there's some messy relationships that sort of popped up and, and people are attacking you for no reason, even though you try to serve the Lord, you try to do your best to follow after him. You ever have those questions in your life? I have. And so he, it's hard to figure that out until, verse 17, I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destination. What he's saying is this. Look, you're not going to understand everything. I tried my best, but until I entered the sanctuary of God, it all became clear. It all became clear. David learned. You got things in your life that are happening? Go to the sanctuary of God. Some of you need a verse 17 in your life. You need a verse 17 in your life. I may not understand it all, but I'm going to go to the one who does, and I'm going to look, I'm going to listen, and I'm going to learn. Oh, it all makes sense now. So as we approach worship, I want to challenge you this week. I want to challenge you in your personal time to look, focus, Take some time, focus in, look, be watchful, and listen to God. He wants to speak to you, and then learn from Him. There's a song that is called The Heart of Worship, and some of us need to approach our worship in this way. And this is a song that's written by Matt Redman, a worship leader, and it was at a time in their church when they were so caught up in all the music and, and all the hype and everything. And, and sometimes we can make worship not, you know, the external part of worship not really worship. It could be a distraction. And so he wrote this song and, and just played it very simply 
And I'm going to read you the words of this song. It says this, When the music fades and all is stripped away, and I simply come, longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart. I'm going to bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you required. You search much deeper within. Through the way things appear, you're looking into my heart. So, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing that I made it. When it's all about you, Jesus, it's all about you. So, if you're sitting here today, you think, you know, Frank, I need to, I need to stop. I need to pause. I need, I need to focus. I need to look so God can li- I can listen to what God wants to share. And I need to learn. Because this is really going to make things clearer in my life. If you need to do that, what a great day to start. And you may have done that in the past and maybe you just kind of got out of it. We all do. I'm going to encourage you. Renew that commitment today. This week, take that opportunity. Turn off the radio. Turn off your internet. Put your phone down. And look, listen, and learn. Learn. 